we're, we're going to have a good time today. Uh, I, I'm, I'm hearing this song right here, this, this Christmas song, and I'm thinking of tom- tomorrow, Christmas Eve. Uh, maybe you've seen it on our Facebook or definitely these cards we've, we've put in your chair here. This is going to be our very first Christmas Eve celebration. And, and I call it a celebration because it is a celebration. Uh, I, I've come from most of my church experiences is large churches in Texas. And one of the coolest things that they would do is uh, we would have candlelight and we would sing Christmas songs and stuff at the end. And, you know, six, seven thousand people with candlelights. And just, I love that. So we're going to do that tomorrow night right here. I don't, if we have six or seven thousand, something's wrong. It's going to be a little weird, but we're going to do that tomorrow. And Do what? Yeah. That's going to be a big old boom. We're not, so anyways. But I, I do say this, is we, we have these Christmas cards. I've been handing these out like crazy. Uh, I've been going, you know, whenever I order something or buy something or whatever, I've been handing them to people. And, and it kind of goes something like this, if you're, if you're uncomfortable with doing this. This is a simple way to do this. Hey, can I have permission to uh, give you a card for our Christmas Eve program? I've never had someone say no. And then I pull it out and I give it to them and just say, I'd love for you to join us. Uh, so I encourage you. We've got, I don't know, 400 cards back there. Why don't we go today and hand them out and, and get rid of all of them? I, I'd, I'd love to see all those cards gone, not for the sake of having 6,000 people here, but for the sake of people hearing about God and, and the reason for Christmas. We see more and more how Christmas is turning chaotic and chaotic, and Jesus is, is leaving the whole season. So let's recover Christmas. Let's get people here to hear about the good news of Jesus Christ and the love that He gives us. So that's a little challenge as we move forward here. So Allie's clapping in the front row and Man, so we have a projector. How about that? Man, and we definitely have lights. Hello, lights. So my stuff is bright. Uh, today, we're going to have fun. I knew that there weren't going to be a, a, a lot of people here today. And, and, and part of this message really is, is just about, well, the title says it all. And here's the title. If you're taking notes, God has a calling on your life. That's it. God has a calling on your life. And we could leave here today just with that title and be okay with it. And you could ponder and think about what does that mean. I want to, I want to dive into scripture and I want to talk to you today. Because what I'm seeing more and more from the people around me, and I'm young, I'm 38. Is that right? Yeah, I'm 38. Uh, the people around me, the, the people that... What did you say, Brett? Are you yelling at me? That's not young? Yeah, I'm old. Okay, Rachel's back there saying, you're all 38. That's almost dead. So, however, I'm 38. And the more I'm seeing the people my age, the people above me, even below me, I'm seeing people walk around and they feel defeated. I'm seeing high schoolers that I'm talking with that are feeling defeated. And, and I'm even talking to, to older people like, Brant's age. No, I'm joking. That was for you, man. I'm, see, I'm seeing people all, of all ages that are walking around and honestly life is defeating them. Are you seeing this? Are you seeing it in your workplaces and the people you talk to? Are you seeing this? Today, I want us all to know this. Regardless of whether this is your first time here or you've, been, you've grown up in church, you've gone four times a week for the last however many years of your life, I don't, I don't care what experience you have. You've gone to mega churches, small churches, you've been burnt out in churches, or you're the first time here. I want you to hear this message because this is a message that Christmas is all about. And this is a message that if we can grasp it, our hearts will change forever. 
And our minds will change forever. And the way that we read the Scripture will change forever. It absolutely destroys all like pretenses of what we thought when we can understand how much God really loves us. So that's what I want to set up today. Church, look up and smile. You're here today. Church, good job. You made it. God has plans for you. He has plans for your life to move you forward and not to hold you back. Today is a great day and you are loved. I've never met anyone that I haven't seen as a masterpiece. Now, I've met some people where I would say they're abstract art. (laughs) I don't quite get them. But I've never met anyone that is not a masterpiece. Because my God, the God that I know, does not make mistakes. And if you see yourself anything less than God's masterpiece, you're seeing yourself wrong. I don't care how many mistakes you've made. I don't care where you've come from or what you've done. God has created you with His own hands. And He does not make mistakes. You are a masterpiece. I look around this room today, and you know what I see? I see people that are beautiful, I see people that are talented, and I see people whose God's hand is on your life. You're here today. Smile. God loves you. God has a calling on your life. Life has a way of frustrating us. Life has a way of exhausting us and confusing us and wearing us down. However, God wants to energize us. He wants to rejuvenate and clarify. He wants to empower us. Why? All this sounds good, right? But why is He doing this? When His masterpiece is us, our lives, when we're living our lives the way God created us, alive and full of life, guess what's happening? He gets all the glory and the praise. When people see a human that's alive in God, they can't help but look at Him and fall in love with the Maker. I hope my life is lived in a way where people can look at me and want to know more about God. Do you? And that is going to come from us realizing that God has a calling on our lives. Years ago, I dropped out of college to play rock and roll music. Some of you know that. Some of you have heard the band. Some of you even got the White Elephant cassette tape from my first band recording. And I'll sign that later. Oh, Maggie got that. and She's not here. <clears throat> so I dropped out of college just to play rock and roll music. I, in, in, all, in all, in truth, I was a starving musician in Miami. I couldn't even get a job at McDonald's. On the surface, my life, honestly, there wasn't too much going for me. I was hungry. You know, Arby's 5 for 5, you remember those deals? I think they're kind of more expensive now. But Arby's 5 for 5, you could buy 5 roast beefs for $5. I would go buy on Monday 5 roast beefs, and that was Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. That's it, besides a bunch of water. I was starving to death. My life was was not looking the best. Daily, God's favor, though, was on my life. And daily, regardless of the situation and what was going on, His glory was shining through my life. Because this band that we started was a band, it was a Christian band, and it was terrible, but it had a great message. And I look back on that time of my life. I was very thin. I was hungry. I didn't sleep a lot. I had a blast. 
And I look back on that time of my life when most people would say, okay, that guy, he's just a college dropout. And what I saw was God's favor on my life. I got to see people during that time, more people during that time in, in my life, grow stronger in Jesus Christ and know who He is during that time. What others saw as a dropout, God saw as a masterpiece. What's the story of your life? What's the ups and downs of your life? Maybe I caught you in a good day today. Maybe today you're saying, I'm rocking on all cylinders. God's in love with me and I'm in love with Him and kumbaya. Like you are going for it. Awesome. Or maybe I'm catching you on a day today where you're like, honestly, man, I, I haven't even picked up my Bible for years. Uh, I, don't, I don't pray to God. I'm, I'm struggling. I don't even know. I'm struggling. I'm not sure where you're at in, in regards to your relationship with Jesus Christ, but i got to tell you, God has created you as His masterpiece. And He has a plan for your life. I know God has a calling on my life and He has a calling on your life. Even if you can't see it right now, hold on. In the midst of me starving in Miami, I couldn't see it, but God was using me in the lives of people around me. Hold on right now where you're at. Hold on to your relationship with Jesus Christ. Don't give up on that. He's got a purpose. He's got meaning for your life. Hold on right now. What He started in you, a promise in the Bible, He is faithful to take it to completion. Don't give up. I think of a story in Matthew chapter 4, verse 18 through 22. So if you have your Bible, open this up. I think this is such a beautiful story. Jesus, this is when He basically popped on the scene. And from the very beginning, He was calling people, just average people, like, like you, and my, you and I. He, he, he was calling people out of just average life into a life of greatness. So uh, Matthew chapter 4, verses 18 through 22. Maybe some of you know this. This is very familiar with a lot of you probably. And this may be new for some of us, okay? This is what it says. Verse 18. As he was walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. He said to them, Follow me, and I will turn you into fishers of people. They left their nets immediately and followed him. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James and the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, in a boat with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets. Then he called them immediately. He called them. They immediately left the boat and their father, and, and they followed him. I think of this story, and I think of two men fishing. And I think of Jesus coming up on the scene for the very first time. And he walks, he walks over and he sees this boat. And the first thing in verse 18 that caught my mind was this. As he was walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers. Underline that if this grabs you. Because I'll tell you why this one word grabbed me. He saw the two brothers. There's probably fishermen all over the place. This is common. Okay? These are average men. And what did Jesus do? He saw them. He noticed them. 
He was focused on them. He addressed them personally. Think about it. An average day. An average human. An average job. And what does Jesus do? He recognized them. What does this mean to you in your life? You may say, man, Aaron, I'm nothing great. I just go about my day. I go about my week. I try to be a good person. I'm, I'm just going along. This is good news for you. Because if Jesus can notice two average fishermen on an average day doing an average thing, what's he going to notice about Aaron Havens? That means he's walking by and he sees me. It means he's walking by and he sees you. You have his attention and he's looking at you. So I read this. Then I get to verse 19. After I noticed that Jesus just saw me, Verse 19, He said to them, Follow me. Follow me, and I will turn you into fishers of people. Follow me. Underline that. He will take our very best efforts. He will take our biggest dreams. He will take what we think is a high achieving life. He will take all of this, and He will say, That's great, and that's grand. But you know what? Follow me to greatness. Follow me to a life that's full. Follow me because what you're dreaming about and the direction of your life is small compared to knowing the creator of the universe. I have plans for you that will blow you away. I know that you're fishing for fish, but I have plans for you to fish for men. I have plans for you that will take lives and pull them out of the, the depth of death and rescue them. I have plans for you that when you speak life to people, it's going to break addictions. What I have plans for you, what I have planned for you will, will help marriages not end in divorce. What I have planned for you will help you smile when you wake up. What I have planned for you is bigger than anything you can think because I'm Jesus. I see you and I notice you. Now please, follow me. Don't stay in the boat. Don't just fish, but follow me because I love you and life lived with me is worth everything. <laughs> he will take your best efforts and He will blow your mind. Are you staying in the boat fishing when He asks you to jump out and follow Him? I, I, I think even just today, I think of of, uh, let's start over here, Allie and Tasha and Jeremy and, and Robbie. I, I think of these, these men and women, and I think about the, the talents that God's given them. And if they just sat at home, just staying normal, doing nothing with what they do, they wouldn't bless us with this talent. We wouldn't be able to sing. They wouldn't lead us in this. They're jumping out of the boat, and they're, they're going for it. And I, and I think of the band, Ashita and... I'll say, man, what is your name? Lorette. <laughs> Sorry, they just changed their name and I'm not used to it yet. I think of the two bands represented here in this body and how they're going out about Greeley and, and they're going out about the world. And Jeremy, I have a question for you. Are you good enough and talented enough to let your music be played around the world? Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Allie? Uh -oh. God <laughs> takes our efforts. And he says, they're great. I love them. But man, when you follow me, 
It's going to blow your mind. Ashita, Lorette, they're good. But they're not good enough to be played around the world. The Spirit of God has grabbed their hearts, they've grabbed their mind, taken the talent and made it tenfold, and now the music is being played around the world because they're willing to be used by Jesus Christ. Are you in the boat? Are you going to jump out of the boat and follow Jesus Christ? Let's read on here. Verse 20. They left their nets. You know which word I want to pick out of here. The next word. Immediately. They left their nets immediately and followed Him. Immediately. When it's God, you'll know it's God. Here's the question about the word immediately though. Do you have the guts to risk it? Do you have the guts to follow Jesus? And not only the guts, but are you willing to do it immediately? I'm thinking about the disciples as Jesus comes along and noticed them and gave them the challenge, follow me. If they're like, ah, tomorrow. They missed it. They missed it. And then one more word I want to jump out. Is um, in verse 22. They immediately left the boat and their father and followed him. That jumps out at me because oftentimes when Jesus asks us to follow him and he's got a calling on our life, it's going to mean that we're going to have to leave what's comfortable. It's uncomfortable sometimes to jump out of the boat and follow Jesus Christ. This little, this little passage right here is a very beautiful passage. And, and I just grabbed some words that jumped out at me and, and, and talked about them a little bit. I would encourage you to go think about this passage because this, honestly, is the Christmas story for all of us. It is. And we're not going to talk about this tomorrow night, but this is the Christmas story. Because here's two men doing their own thing. And here comes a Savior onto the scene. Notice them challenged them and took them to a life that they would never imagine beyond a fishing boat. This is the story of Christmas. Jesus coming onto the scene of of earth. Humans in a desperate state needing a love of a Savior. A King, Jesus, heartbroken for His people. Sacrificed His entire life for us. So we could follow Him? The birth of a Savior is what we celebrate on Christmas. All so we can have life as we go on this earth. It's the story of Christmas. His calling on us today and challenge for us today is this. He has a calling on your life. He has great plans for your life. Don't give up from that. And when Jesus comes by in an average day of your life and He notices you and He calls on you, will you jump out of the boat and will you run with Him with everything that you are? A couple verses I want to leave you with today are this. And these are promises. Okay? Zephaniah 3.17 He takes great delight in you. He shouts for joy over you. You know that Jesus takes great delight in you. He shouts for joy over you. What does that do in your spirit? Does that encourage you? 
To know that the king of everything takes delight in you and shouts for joy over you. He looks at you and he smiles. You have his attention, which is beautiful. Another verse I, I want to give you today is Hosea 14.4. And this, this, this I had to kind of think on all week long because it also, it, it, man, it's an encouraging verse. This is what it says in four words. He loves you lavishly. <laughs> lavishly. Why don't we all stand just for a little bit here? It's easy to hear something like this, even as simple as this message was today. It's easy to hear this and to be tired, um, to be confused, to think, yeah, I've heard this a million times. It's, it's easy to be in a place where we let words, God's words, His, His transforming words, let it come in our ear and out the other and not affect our heart. If we left here today, and the only thing that happened is we're thinking, God wants to somehow, He, he loves me lavishly, and that's kind of cool. And we go about our day, and we go about our Christmas shopping, and, and everything else that we have planned for today, and it didn't hit our heart, we missed this whole point. So what I want you to do is really just close your eyes and think about this. I'm reading three verses to you. And I hope that it takes deep root in your mind, and I hope it takes deep root in your heart. Because God has a calling on your life, great plans for your life. You are a masterpiece. He created you for today. He created you so His name will be known. And He loves you regardless of what you've done, regardless of where you've been. Regardless of how you feel in this moment, God loves you. And here's these verses I don't want you to overlook, and I don't want to just bypass your heart today. Child, Zephaniah 3.17, He takes great delight in you. He shouts for joy over you. Not because of what you've done or haven't done. It's just simply, if you are a child of a king, he takes great delight in you and he shouts for joy over you. Hosea 14.4 He loves you lavishly. When was the last time you heard that word? Lavishly. He loves you lavishly. He pours all He has on you. And I've saved this last verse because I think for some of you, for myself, this is going to be the verse that breaks your heart today. And this is going to be the verse that penetrates anything that you've been holding up against God. Zechariah 2.8 says you are the pupil of His eye. Now think about that. You are the pupil of His eye. How dare we think we're not good enough for God. How dare we think that what we've done separates us from Him. He can't love us. He says, child, I love you. I've given my life for you. 
Would you jump out of that boat and follow me? Would you call me your king? Would you serve me? Would you give your life for me? And He looks at you. And He says, regardless of how your day's been, good or bad, how you feel, you are the pupil of my eye. You're the center of what I'm focused on. You're the reason I came to earth. You're the reason I was born. You're the reason I lived a perfect life. You're the reason I died on the cross for you. Child, you are the pupil of my eye. Just grab a mental picture of this right now. It's you sitting in a chair. Jesus, God, sitting in a chair directly across from you, looking right at you. No one else in the room, just you two. Dark room and just you two. A light on you two right now. And He's looking at you. You're weeping. You're crying. You're frustrated. You're hurt. You're full of joy. You're in His presence. And He looks at you. He wipes a tear from your face. And He says, Child, I love you. I have a calling on your life. Great plans for your life. You're my masterpiece. And you are the pupil of my eye. When we get that, it changes everything. Because we no longer walk around defeated. There's no such thing as a mundane day. Our jobs, whether we like them or not, are full of purpose. Our relationships are vibrant. Our conversations are full of flavor. There's a sparkle in our eye because we know that we are the pupil of His eye.